0: Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this time in the Word of God today. This broadcast is titled, Let's Talk About Jesus. You know the Apostle Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you to the church at Corinth. I don't want to know anything among you save Jesus and Him crucified. What He did at the cross for us was so powerful, so pertinent, so important. Paul said it is the literal centerpiece of the gospel, therefore the centerpiece of his ministry. We can easily, if we're not cautious, get off into some tangent and get away from the central person and central power of the cross and the person who hung on it Jesus Christ and what we have now because of what he did then Paul said everything that you need literally I'll go ahead and say part of another scripture everything that pertains to life and godliness (laughs) hallelujah we have in Jesus and his accomplished work at the cross so friend of mine we're going to be talking about Jesus today We may talk about Jesus in relation to the end times, to prophecy, to all kinds of different principles, but it's always about Jesus, and the answer is always Jesus. There was a song years ago that said, Jesus is the answer. For the world today and oh how important it is that we clearly understand and we rehearse again and again just like we do through holy communion that we have a spiritual communion with God that centers upon the finished work of Jesus at the cross. Hallelujah. Well, having said that, that's another whole message that I will never quit preaching as long as I have breath. I want to talk about Jesus today in relation to uh, answered prayer. Amen. God is listening, so pray. This is the second edition in this teaching and the text that we're using is coming, actually, several scriptures from the book of Psalms, beginning with Psalm 34, verse 15 through 19. We're going to read it again today. Amen. Uh, and I want to make a statement before we read this scripture. Someone has said, and I believe very accurately, that Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their knees. You see, the enemy of our soul indeed knows the power of prayer. He probably knows it better than we know it as Christians, because he knows that God is a prayer-answering God. And he knows when God's people pray, we are using spiritual weaponry, You see, the Bible said in Ephesians 6, beginning with verse 10, it simply says that we do not argue against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this world. Wherefore, take unto yourself, take ye the whole armor of God. And it enumerates every piece of spiritual armor that God has made available to you and to me that we might win this battle over these very very powerful forces but nothing compared to the power that is available to you and me if you're a Christian today but at, as you go down through the verses Ephesians 6:10 we have the enemy the devil and all of those Cohorts and all of those working with him, demonic powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. And then we have the armor, the armor, each piece enumerated. God says, Put on the armor, recognize your enemy, put on your armor. And then next it says, Praying with all prayer and supplication for me and all the saints, Paul said, This armor is not just for your little personal victory in some area. It is for a cosmic victory. It is for the kingdom of God being able to influence in the midst of a sin-darkened, Satan-influenced world that God's light and Christ's life and God's kingdom would, would still outshine the, the darkest, darkest of, of efforts of the enemy to keep men and women in his prison house of darkness. You know, the Bible said the God of this world has blinded the minds of men lest they would see the glory of the gospel and be saved. This spiritual blindness, this darkness is intimidated. By the light that we have in Jesus Christ and the light that God grants when we pray for others. Oh, friend, make no mistake about it. This is not a scripture, but it is scriptural to say. Satan trembles when he sees the weakest Christian on their Knees. Listen to Psalm 34 once again, and we're going to go forward in this understanding today of the power and privilege of prayer and the fact that Satan doesn't want you and I to utilize this power and to utilize this privilege we have uh, to work with God. Hallelujah. Amen. Listen to what it says The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh to them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such that be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Oh, friend of mine, God's promise to hear and to answer prayer. God's promise to respond to us. God's commitment to watch over us (laughs) so that we don't have to get His attention when we pray. We don't have to inform him of our need except to let him know that we're trusting him for it. His eyes are already on us and his ears are open to our cry. That's why the title of this teaching is God is listening. Pray. God responds to our cry and brings deliverance. You see, our enemy knows that if we do not despair, our God will not fail to deliver us. It's vital, then, that we pray, even when we don't see any hope in the natural, that we still hold on to God. One Christian woman prayed for strength to keep praying, and this is what she said, Lord, it doesn't matter how willing my spirit may be, My body is still a prisoner to the law of sin at work within me. I need your strength to overcome. Lord, let me not sleep when I'm in need of strength. Help me to have the desire in my heart to pray continually. You see that's what it means to pray without ceasing is not to walk around the grocery store mumbling a prayer although you can pray in the grocery aisle i would strongly suggest that you you do it in a way that doesn't just make you look like you know some crazy person <laughs> talk to god but people will not understand if you pray some powerful out loud prayer listen to me carefully have you ever watched a bird sleeping on its perch, and never falling off? How does it manage to do this? The secret is the tendons of the bird's legs. They are so constructed that when the leg is bent at the knee, the claws contract and grip like a steel trap. The claws refuse to let go until the knees are unbent again. So the bended knee gives the bird the ability to hold on to its perch so tightly. From sleeping birds, we can learn the secret of hanging on to a life with God. That secret is in the knee bent in prayer. And I'm not just talking about the posture of your body, but the posture of your soul and your spirit and your mind. It is only when we bend our knees before God in prayer that we can hang on to a life with Him. Praying without ceasing means never, never, never under any circumstance giving up on God by not praying to Him. Continuing to pray Hallelujah. Prayer is much more than just mixing faith with our request in order to get an answer. Prayer is an expression of our total dependence on the Lord for our very existence. Prayer is making God our total source of supply for our greatest needs and deepest desires. Prayer is our lifeline, literally, our helpline, our safety line. When we cry unto our God, He will not let us fall. That's why the enemy of my soul, the enemy of your soul, fights us so hard on this particular issue. You know, when I left uh, uh, my job, my vocation to become a full-time minister years ago, I left a career with Tampa Electric Company, a very lucrative career if i had stayed with them, with a good retirement program and, uh, and a decent salary. But when I left that company to take a, a little church in a, in, <laughs> in a tough part of town with a bad reputation and to trust the Lord... I thought, you know, I'm going to look so forward to having so much time uh, to spend in prayer and study of the Word of God. Oh, I wanted to. I could see myself in the church office, uh, just talking to God and 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 underlining, underscoring first for myself, and then to have a sermon for Sunday to just to be able to spend time with God and in the Word of God. And invariably, every time I set myself to pray, it's an amazing thing. Every time I set myself to pray, that's when the phone would ring. That's when a knock would come at the door. I'd lock the church doors, take the phone off the hook, and, and I'd hear a horn blowing outside. And I would go to see what the commotion was, and someone saw my car. Sitting behind the church where I parked, uh, I didn't have to have a reserve for pastor. I parked by the dumpster out back <laughs> and where and our church was near the Hillsborough River, and people would catch fish and clean them and and they would come without authorization of course and 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 dump uh, the the residue in our dumpster uh, It wasn't a pleasant smell in the summer in particular time but in the summer, but they would see my car. And and they would say, uh, they would say, he's there. I want to talk to him. I got him now. And I didn't mind setting up a time to counsel a time. And I wanted to be open and, and accessible and available. But I found that without the person knowing it that wanted to talk to me, that it was interrupting something so vital, so important. And that is a time of prayer. You know, Jesus taught when you pray, enter into your closet go to that place where you don't have the cell phone you turn it off or you turn it on vibrate go to that place where you have some time that that you feel will not be interrupted go to that place where you can sit down focus on God's greatness graciousness and goodness and talk with Him hallelujah in prayer make your petitions known Amen. And do it when you least feel like it. You have to transcend your emotions and feelings. Don't just be driven to God because of the need. Be drawn to God because He invites you into His presence. He invites you to honor Him by making Him your source and expressing that faith primarily in never ceasing. To pray and believe Him. You know, the Scripture said whatever we ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive. It starts with prayer, not believing, essentially. It starts with a relationship with God whereby you spend time speaking with Him. And to him, not just petitionary, not just supplications, but just saying, Lord, I love you. I love that great song. I've said it in a previous broadcast. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. (laughs) And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. The voice I hear falling on my ear, the son of God. Disposes. There's another song Dottie Rambo wrote years ago. I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. See, once you establish that kind of communication and that kind of of intimate relationship with God through prayer, then you bring the petition. Doesn't start with petition. Prayer doesn't start with just asking for something someone said years ago that someone's prayer was my name is Jimmy I want all you give me and that may be a, a, a shortened version of many people's prayer posture and attitude running into the presence of God when there's a crisis running out of the presence of God when everything smooths out oh friend of mine when in prayer we should be praying and then we bring our supplications, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then give us this day our daily bread. Friends of mine, the devil does not want you and I to pray. And that's why the New Testament tells us Paul's writings to pray without ceasing. And I want to read something from Joe McKeever. I really appreciate what he said about prayer today. When you don't know how to pray, pray anyway. Ignorance is no excuse. When you don't feel like praying, pray anyway. Depression is no excuse. I've often said, there's two times, uh, you, you need to praise God more than any other when you feel like it, and especially when you do not. And friend of mine, that same truth applies to prayer. You should pray when you feel like praying, and you should especially pray when you do not. You see, God is not just turning his ear to you when you're on a mountaintop filled with faith, praising his name. God turns his ear to you, especially when you are in the deep, dark valleys of life. Hallelujah. When dullness sits on you like a vulture and you can't muster enough enthusiasm to change channels, much less pray, pray anyway. Boredom is no excuse. You see, God is listening. Take the time. Talk to Him. Hallelujah. Cry out to Him. When you see no need to pray and no reason to intercede for those about you, Recognize this as a sign of impending danger and pray anyway. Blindness is no excuse. When you've grown spiritually lazy, instead of an amen, we should have a tell me about it based on that statement. When you've grown spiritually lazy and feel that you'll never be able to pick up your Bible and read it the way you once did, Especially then, pray anyway. Laziness is no excuse. When you don't understand what the big deal is about prayer and you think it's overrated because it never did you much good, listen carefully. The devil's counting on you, pushing it aside laying it aside, not believing that God is listening. Therefore, nothing is going to occur. Listen, you need to pray anyway. Immaturity is no excuse. And when you're too tired to remember your own name, (laughs) and you know God will understand if you don't pray, friend, pray anyway. Fatigue is no excuse see if God isn't listening if God's eyes aren't on the righteous if God's ear is not open to their cry if he doesn't bend down and listen then there are plenty of reasons not to pray but if God is listening And God wants to move in your life and he wants to move in this fallen world and he wants to move in behalf of others when you intercede. Oh friend, we need to pray anyway. When you're embarrassed to be back before God, confessing the same sins, admitting the same failures, come on and pray anyway. Shame is no excuse. Oh, friend, when you've been unfaithful and you know it and you feel the burden of guilt that makes you want to run and hide under the porch, pray anyway. Sin is no excuse. You know, the Bible said, if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness and all iniquity. You see, God is faithful because He loves us and Christ has paid the price for our forgiveness. He's justified in forgiveness because our forgiveness is based on the finished work of Jesus at the cross. Our sin was judged in Him on the cross, so that we might be forgiven when we ask for it. And the devil wants us to stay under the condemnation of our faults and our failures, and yes, our sins. But when our sins are forgiven and forsaken through repentance, I want you to know that the devil cannot point his accusing finger at us anymore. And when the enemy can't accuse us any longer, and therefore our conscience doesn't accuse us anymore. (laughs) We have confidence toward God. We have faith in God. And the reason we have such an incentive to pray is because we believe that God is listening, will hear, and will answer. Sometimes there's a time period between the time we pray and the answer. So the scripture said in Hebrews 10, I believe somewhere around verse 32 and on down, it says, But you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. In other words, in his timing, God will show up and God will show out. Hallelujah. And Satan is counting on you and I giving up on God, therefore giving up on prayer. Literally casting away our confidence And you know the scripture said if we ask, this is the confidence that we have in Him and it involves prayer and the consistency of our prayer life. our, Our confidence should never be cast away. This is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask, here's prayer, anything in His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, We have the petition that we have desired of Him. That's why we are encouraged to never give up on God. Therefore, never quit utilizing the power and privilege of prayer in our life. Praise God. Amen. Unbelief is no excuse. Unbelief is no excuse we can bless ourselves immeasurably by rescuing our prayer life from bondage to our emotions and our circumstances. There is no time and there are no conditions in which prayer is not essential and necessary, not helpful and not the right thing to do. So we need to pray anyway. Sin is no excuse. When a nagging voice of the enemy keeps telling you there's no God, even if there were, he'd never have anything to do with a nothing like you. Pray anyway. If there's a sin issue, as a Christian, confess it before the Lord. and So forsake it that you might be forgiven and restored. And take that power away from the enemy of your soul, the accuser of the brethren, and take that power away from your own conscience that God initially used to convict you of sin (laughs) so that you would seek a Savior. Oh, friend, when that conscience is sprinkled from evil, from the guilt and shame, and we can come before the throne of God knowing that He accepts us in the Beloved, He receives us, Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said, if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knoweth all things. But if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Satan wants you to quit praying, friend, and give up. God wants you to keep praying and get up. Hallelujah, you may have been knocked down. I challenge you today to pray and get up. Praise God. Whatever it is that is in between you and God, it can be resolved. The prayer of repentance can take care of sin in your life that stands between you and God. Get that barrier to blessing out of the way. Because God is listening. Pray. Hallelujah. Satan wants you to quit and give up. God wants you to keep praying and to get up. Literally, to pray without ceasing. Today, the greatest prayer that can be or ever could be prayed is when we are willing to repent of and forsake our sin And pray in the name of Jesus that we might be forgiven our transgressions. It is a prayer that God not only hears, but He heeds every time it's prayed from a sincere heart. And today, as this broadcast is coming to a close, there's someone listening right now and the devil doesn't want you to pray that prayer. And there's a spiritual battle right now for your soul. And God is just waiting for you to decide to pray what is commonly called the sinner's prayer. God is waiting for you, if you're a prodigal, to come home. Some of you were raised in a Christian home and you, you went your own way and you know you're on the wrong road and God is calling you back oh friend find a place where you are right now to pray pull your car over if you're on the interstate into a safe area as soon as you can and right there in your car talk to God hallelujah don't wait for Sunday to find a church pray Pray that prayer. No one is guaranteed that we're going to see each other Sunday. But we're guaranteed God is listening right now where you are. Oh, friend, come to Jesus today. Pray that prayer. All of hell's minions won't be able to keep you from salvation. And if you're a Christian today, pray anyway. Pray Like you've never prayed before. Because we need God now. Like we've never needed him before. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.